you learn something deeply internally. Again, like it's that thing of a disruption can shake you to your core. And that's a, an incredible thing because when you, like those glimpses at your core, like they, they can inform the rest of your life. You know, in the moments that we're otherwise normally just completely distracted or, you know, we're just thinking our way through everything, you know, and we miss out on, on the thing that's right there, the thing that we're actually really want, the thing that we actually really want to do. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. This podcast was a little bit difficult to get to a title. (laughs) There's a lot of crazy shit going on in the world and we do want to talk about it, but we also want these episodes to be timeless and something that people can come back to years or maybe even decades in the future. I mean, that's kind of really how we structured this thing. So we decided to call this one Responding to Life's Disruptions. And this can happen in all sorts of ways. You know, your life just gets disrupted. Our lives get disrupted as a whole. And how we respond to that, what we do, um, how does this relate to you as a creative being and an artist in your life, whether you are actively in the arts or you're just somebody who's doing your own thing. Um, what I, what I would say from the beginning is there's an interdependence to this world and we're realizing that more and more all the time. We're beginning to see that we have a certain amount of individuality, but we have a certain amount of dependence upon each other and we rely on each other. And as much as you want to go off and do your own thing, we're not advocating being a lone wolf. We're also advocating the idea of community and bringing it together. But also, you know, you can get caught up in the cult of culture, the virus of culture and those beliefs, right? So Mm -hmm. we want to kind of look at this, figure out how to approach it, figure out how do we respond to it as opposed to just react to it. And I don't know, man, this is going to be interesting because I have no idea where we're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for anyone listening to it, like we don't talk too much about like current events or anything. And even with this one, we're not going to necessarily specifically talk about this, but I just want to say it because look, it's the elephant in the room of the world right now. So this is conversation is, is it in part our response to what's going on with with the COVID virus that's that's spreading across the world. And we really wanted to look at, well, what is it when, when things like this happen? What does it remind us of? What does it bring to light? What does it show us? Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it reveals a lot of things, you know, like some, some it reveals disturbing things, uh, irritating things, it, but it also... Uh, it also reveals a lot of really wonderful and beautiful things. So, um, but ultimately the, this is a disruption, Yeah, you know, is. like at its core, it's like, and, and like you said, a disruption can have many forms. Uh, we're just faced with like such a massive disruption yeah. <laughs> collectively together. And yeah, one of those things where we're all in on this. So how do we, uh, how can we best respond to when we're faced with, with such unsettlings as it were. Right. And even, uh, you know, I would say that there is, it's, it's something, it's, it's a pattern. There's this, I was watching, I saw this, uh, historian, he was like a historian from Yale and he had this thing that I thought that's brilliant. I'm going to save that for (laughs) whenever it's appropriate to say it. And he said, uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does have patterns. Mm. And th- this is a pattern that we have seen before. You know, there's certain intimacies that are always different. You know, we're in a time like no other. Um, and, and those things do count. Um, but what are some of the, the big themes, I think, is what we want to explore with this. Mm. And, uh, and so, yeah, this is going to be an interesting conversation. It is. Well, to start off, maybe... 
commenting a little bit on what's going on in the world in current events so that there is context. I mean, people are supposed to be self-quarantining because there's a virus going on, right? And it, it spreads and basically enough people have died from it where it's become a concern for the whole rest of the world. Um, they have been limiting border, you know, uh, crossing and flights and travel. Um, people are asked to work from home as opposed to work, you know, to go to work. I mean, this is affecting people in a lot of ways, right? Because for one, um, you know, we have spring break and we have kids getting out of school and stuff like that. And, and families were planning to do certain things and now they're not and they're staying in. Um, other things like, well, if I don't go to work, how am I going to pay my bills, pay my rent? And a lot of fear comes up about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people aren't sure what's going to happen. A lot of misinformation is being spread about yeah. what this actually is, what's going on, the conspiracies that are tied into it. And this is definitely causing a lot of reactions and causing us to, well, essentially get out of the present moment and and get into this world of like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? Mm -hmm. And this is where I think one of those things where we can come back to one of those laws, which is the laws of law of presence. Let's, let's come back to the moment. Is everything okay right now where you're at? And that's always a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Um, even if you, for example, were listening to this and you happen to be sick, right? Like, is everything okay right now? Like, yes, you might be scared of where this is going. Yes. You might be scared of what's about to happen. Who knows? But we, we always need to begin where we're at. And we've talked mm-hmm. about this on other podcast episodes because when you like, I, who was it that said this? Oh man. He, he said something like, like I have, I have been afraid of many things, most of which have never happened. Mm. I'm going to try to remember his name. He's a, he's a very uh, famous like person. Anyway, he, he has many quotes that are great, but one yeah. of them is like, I've, I, I've, I've feared many things, most of which have never happened, right? Yeah. Like the idea is that like most of your fears aren't actually happening and aren't going to happen. But as a collective, we can get caught in the potential of fear. Mm-hmm. And that can, you know, that can begin to get us being reactive as opposed to being responsive to these events that are going on. Yeah. And that, that I think this virus that's going on right now is bringing that out because we do this all the time. And one of those things is like, if you're being reactive right now and you're seeing yourself be reactive right now, you're probably being reactive in times when this isn't happening, when times mm-hmm. not of crisis. So it's kind of a, a good pattern for you to be aware of that all this is really doing is bringing a pattern you already do more to light because yeah. it's probably already happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, a disruption can lead you into a very, uh, close encounter with yourself. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way to put <laughs> that, it. That, that often doesn't happen amongst the, you know, incredible variety of distractions we can give ourselves in, in this world. Sometimes a disruption comes along and there's just, there's no getting around it. Yeah. You know, you can't distract yourself. You can't numb yourself out from it. You have to look at something for what it is. And that can be a, that can be a, terrifying thing at times it can bring stuff out within us fear obviously is always is usually the number one thing that comes out of a disruption yeah um because it's it's an unknown very often like whenever there's like for me i i see the way that the situation appears to me is that it's like it's like we're all just standing and staring into this mist right now and we, we just don't know what's on the other side of it. Yeah. Right? We know there's another side of it. <laughs> we know that it's there, but we just don't know what it looks like. Right. And that's, at least for me, what the what this disruption has been like. And it's, uh, and it's a fascinating thing because it does bring out fear. Mm-hmm. It does say, it's like, well, you know, because... Hey, I've got plans like a lot of other people have plans, you know, like both in in professional but as well as personal things that were on the table that are suddenly like, well, that might not be on the table right now. Like that could be completely shot mm-hmm. for an unforeseeable amount of time. Yeah. It's it's indeterminate and part of the, the that can be a scary thing, but 
also it's to me it, it reminds me uh, of the law of, of seasons or or cycles that we have which is like you know sometimes there's especially when it's something like this which is something that's beyond our control yeah you know in such a profound way and suddenly it's just like you thought you were in this this like go 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 let's do this cycle or that's just a cycle that you know is familiar and we're all used to yeah and suddenly it's like nope stop yeah slow down and you have to and it's so unexpected that it can be very jarring and yeah and it brings up the fear but with that there can be something tremendously beneficial that comes out of a disruption. And in fact, many of the great leaders of the world, we were talking a bit about this before we started this conversation. Obviously, there's also been some really horrible leaders throughout the world, but there's always disruption that comes with um, really extraordinary people. Hmm. Yeah. It's true. I mean, and, you know, and I think that anybody who's on the other side of this, listening to this podcast, the assumption is that you are an extraordinary person and you do have the capacity to disrupt the world. Yeah. And you might not realize that. And, and as know, artists, being a disruptor is actually a little bit about what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. And disruption is um, one of those things, you know, when you're on the other side of it and your life's being disrupted, you can begin to have compassion for how maybe your art or creativity or your voice or your vision can be upsetting to people. Because when you're talking about something new, a new idea um, that you want people to kind of wake up to or pay attention to, or you're showing them something, they might respond to it negatively because it doesn't fit with their current model of how they're doing things. And, and, you know, we don't always like to be disrupted, you know, and we don't, there is a lot of wanting things to stay the same. And that's a part of the control thing. You know, it's that, we try to control things to keep them the same, to keep them predictable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things we can't do that with. And people are constantly facing this. They're constantly battling with it. By the way, I want to say one thing. Mark Twain was the person who said the quote that I mentioned earlier. And I'm pretty sure that I got it wrong. But it's yeah. something along the lines yeah. of I have feared many things, most of which have never happened. Yeah. But it's something like that. But anyway, Mark Twain has a lot of great quotes and a oh, yeah. lot that actually are funny because they could reference like a little bit of this disruption that we're going through because, you know, he was such a forward thinker. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, side note, I just wanted to mention that in case anyone was interested. <laughs> no, no. Mark Twain's always a good person to bring up in a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> There's a prize <laughs> for crying out loud. One Don't. of the most prestigious prizes in comedy right. is the Mark Twain prize. Mm. So there you go. I'm glad you brought it back up. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, okay. So disruption. So like, um, I mean, right now, I think what we're experiencing is our lives are not going as we initially planned. Um, not as we expected. Things are happening. I mean, the other thing I want to bring in, you know, COVID-19, right? Like if you actually look up the meaning of what that means, right? Um, I think it's contagious virus disease, basically, but 19. 19 means that it was happening in 2019. We're in 2020. We're three months into 2020. Right. So nobody was talking about this in 2019. Not really. Yeah. Nobody probably you knew, nobody really, anybody knew. So let's just kind of consider the fact that sometimes disruption takes time before it takes effect. Mm. And what needs to happen before people will pay attention to a disruption? You know, there's a certain yeah. amount of pain or things that need to occur sometimes before people go, oh, I like, oh, I'm going to pay attention to that. And what I want to suggest is that sensitivity is such an important element of our humanity and of our culture. And we in the past, if you look at it, have not been the most sensitive. And we've actually kind of mocked people who are sensitive. And I would suggest that we're moving into a time where it's asking us to be more sensitive, mm -hmm. pay more attention, be more in touch with your body, with your friendships, with your people, with your community, with everything. Because your sensitivity is actually what helps you to wake up before the pain occurs. Mm -hmm. but, but because we're not sensitive, we need a certain amount of pain to occur before we'll go, oh, that hurts. I don't like that. 
Yeah. 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 And I think that, yeah, sometimes a, a disruption is the thing that's like acts as a catalyst to, to showing those pain points. Yes. You know, like we're, we're already seeing, uh, economic systems around the world, just like under stress and they're going to be continuing to put under stress and it's showing where there's weak points, you know, in our social structures, right. You know, it's like, where's, where's, where's there a weakness? Where is there somewhere that we are, are falling short, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like great art does that, you know, great art disrupts people's sense of, of the status quo, their sense of reality, their sense of, and, and, but, and, and again, as shocking and as much as it has historically shown that people just want to push it away, the reality and the truth of something when it's, when it's true, right. (laughs) Has such a profound power to like, you can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. You can't unhear it. There's no getting around it. Like there's the only thing to do is to face it. Yeah. Right. And, and to take the lessons that come with it. Right. And in this way we can learn to embrace disruption as opposed to just trying to avoid it and pretend it doesn't exist because you said like, there's no getting around it. Yeah. You know, especially when it's like a a really massive disruption, Mm -hmm. like there's only, there's only so much you can do to numb yourself to it. But eventually everyone has to, has to address it. Yeah. At some point along the way. And I think the thing is, is because we don't want to fear, you know, like fear is, is hardly ever useful, you know, especially in creativity and art. And it's like, it it does little more than to just, you know, I know that we're being asked to isolate ourselves, but I mean, it's like, that's only, we can't do that forever. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't go into that space forever. And it's not, it's not living. It's not what we consider life. Um, but it can be an important thing for a period of time, like for reflection, for, um, seeing what there is to, to learn from whatever that disruption is. Um, I was going somewhere with this. <laughs> we <laughs> always just are went, going Yeah, somewhere. we're always going somewhere with it. But, uh, well, what was I saying? There's like, we're, we're faced with this thing. There's only so many things we can get around with it. I don't help me out here, Brandon. <laughs> Throw well, me a bone. <laughs> All right. Here's a bone. Um, the, I don't know. I don't know, man, but here, let's, <laughs> let's go, let's go with this. You're, your response to, to this has more to do with, than just you. Yeah. You know, like one of the things that I, I would say is like, for me personally, I'm not too f- afraid for myself, you know, mm-hmm. as far as this virus goes and far, like if I got sick with it, yeah, I've read about it. I, I've like, I understand how it affects the body. I'm, I'm, I'm educated on the whole thing enough to mm-hmm. understand. I wouldn't, I don't want it. <laughs> it doesn't sound lovely. It yeah. doesn't sound nice at all. I never want the flu. This is like uh, a flu with like plus, plus, plus. Here's some more extras. Yeah. Um, but what I would be say that I would be more scared of was someone uh, older or someone I care about yeah. who is maybe in a weaker position um, getting this. And so in some ways, you know, you can let that consume you or you can just make it help you recognize that you care about other people. Like, because mm-hmm. I think part of our journey, cause we talk so much about like, well, you know, the artist's way, like way of the artist, right? Like what is your way as a creative person? Well, as you make your way, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're on your own. And I think that something like this makes us recognize that like, yeah, like I have this thing I want to do, mm-hmm. but there's these people in my life who I care about. And as I'm doing what I'm doing, I also am caring for these people in my life. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have people you care about, and when you don't have people who care about you, you're, you're going to tend to feel a lot like lower. You're going to feel a lot less purpose. You're going to have these negative effects. So part of 
what disruption helps us recognize is how much we are actually connected. Mm. And that's such mm-hmm. a important thing to be reminded of. It's, it's, a, it's a valuable thing. I mean, I, I don't want these things to happen under obviously like bad situations, but I forget who said this, but they said, you know, um, if there was an alien invasion, all of humanity would come together. Yeah. If we had to fight like an alien, because like it would, it would finally make us realize that we're all the same and we're all together. Yeah. But because we don't have some outside source to fight. I think Ronald Reagan said that. Yeah. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole conspiracy theory around that one, Brandon, but we're not going to do it. Well, we don't need to get into it, but (laughs) I mean, but there is some truth to the idea. Yeah. 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 No, it's a good thought experiment that, you know, um, we're arguing about like our race or our culture or something like this. And we, we, we separate ourselves constantly and we have, um, you know, people who can kind of control us and make money off of us based on us separating ourselves and something like this, which is like, you're not immune to it. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your culture. It doesn't matter your country. Everybody can be impacted by this makes you go, okay, we're all the same. We're all in this together to some degree. And some people are just going to deny that and they're going to push that aside and not Mm -hmm. even pay attention. But, you know, I think that as you make your way through the world, you begin to see how much you're interconnected with everybody. Mm -hmm. And that actually helps you to better decipher your way. I don't think you can actually find your way being a lone wolf. Yeah, and the thing is, is that even being a lone wolf is in relationship to something else. Right. Right. Like that's the thing is like even being an individual is always in, is in relationship to the rest of the world. Yes. You know, like, so there's no getting around it. You're connected in some level. You're not just an entity unto yourself. Like, yeah, yeah, you're your own individual and you, you know, maybe you, you hunt and forage for your own food and like (laughs) you live off grid and all of that stuff. But that's all like, that's all only individual because it's in relationship with kind of a, a normal status quo of a society that you're... So, like, in many ways, oftentimes someone who, who chooses that, that course of life is it's in rebellion to something that exists. Right. Right? But, like, the only reason why they're doing that is because of that thing. Right. Right? So there's... They're Which in, makes it interconnected. Yeah, interconnected. They're yeah. intimately connected to yeah. each other. Right. Even though on the surface, like they're they're opposite in, in some of how they function, but they're intimately tied to one another. Yeah. So there's no getting around that tie. Yeah. As you're saying, it's, um, you know, in movies, they say that the best antagonist and protagonist hero and villain pairing is two individuals or two entities that are in, in intimately connected in some way. Yeah. So what you might have, for example, like is Batman and the Joker. Batman and the Joker is a great example. But, you know, you have something where an event occurs or something occurs and one person goes one way and the other person goes the other way. And because they both went different paths based on the same, essentially the same thing is what makes them intimately connected because they're both actually just responding to the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can have a mutual respect for each other this way. Whereas some people respond one way and you respond another, you can kind of look at it and go, okay, well this event occurred and I'm responding that way, but this person is responding that way. And instead of judging them or making them wrong or trying to say that you're right, you can look at it and go, okay, well, what, why does it make sense for them to have gone that way as opposed to the way I went? Because whatever way you go is always going to make sense to you. Mm -hmm. But being like, more aware and being consciously kind of enlightened is your ability to understand why someone would go another way. Mm -hmm. And if you can't understand that, if you're unable to, that's, that's a blind spot in you. That's your limit. Because when you think that your way is the way and it's the right way, you've totally lost. You're, 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 in my opinion, you're totally Mm -hmm. gone because in my opinion, the way the artist is about you seeing all the ways you could have gone and understand that each one is acceptable and and possible, but you chose your way because you value it, not Mm -hmm. because it's right, not because it's the way. And also, let me just take this one step further. If anybody ever tells you that they have the way, they are full of shit 
because nobody knows the way. There is no way except you finding your own way, and that's perfectly individual to everyone. Mm -hmm. And even though we might do the same things or seem to walk the same way together, it doesn't mean it will always be that way, and it doesn't mean that it won't change at some point. So, you know, the friends you have today might not be the friends you have tomorrow. The associations or jobs or things you're doing today might not be those of tomorrow. Who knows? The way you see the world today, the way the world is today might not be how it is tomorrow. So right now... And we're learning that lesson so much right now. That's why you've got to go back to presence. You're walking this path as it is. And then you will come up to things that are disruptions or obstacles and you will have to change course. And some people go left and some people go right and other people go an entirely different way that you didn't even see as possible. Yeah. And they will show you something. Yeah. And maybe that will be you. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is kind of ultimately what I was getting to before. Perfect. Was just like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, there, there are these gifts. I mean, we've pretty much already been saying that, like, but just to say it, what call it out for what it is like there are gifts with disruption there are tremendous gifts in in disruption and pretty much all of the great stories old and and current yeah have to do with disruption in some way it's like we open our story with this person and then (laughs) you know it's like life is going on as normal and then suddenly it's disrupted yes life goes into disarray they discover something about themselves that they never knew before and they become something more yes. out of it, right? Like that's <laughs> that's essentially like it's the hero's journey. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and, and that doesn't happen without the disruption part, yes. right? So it's like there's something about this that's, I would dare say, is even completely natural. You know, there's actually a place for this in our lives. So when it comes along we are good to remember that this is a part, this is what comes with life. Right. And that way we can stop fighting it so much and say, it's like, okay, here it is. What is this? What, what is this offering? Mm -hmm. What does this have to offer us at this moment in time? And it could be, you know, there's going to be ones, uh, things that it's offering to us collectively, but also as individuals as well. You know, it's like it's it's the the micro and the macro mm-hmm. always. Yeah. Right. The things it brings out for us personally, the things that it's bringing out for us collectively. What are the things that we that that really matter to us that we really care about that really have meaning? We just did a talk about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a that's a huge it's a huge part of it. Yeah, I think also like disruption you know, you don't have to always, and you mentioned this earlier, and I think this is a, before me, we even maybe had this talk, but disruption can, can, you know, there can be kind of a, a depth to it, or, um, it doesn't, you don't always have to make light of it or anything. Like you don't always have to look at the silver lining side of it. Like, but there are silver linings in everything. There's always, a, yeah. you know, and I think that, um, Sometimes the the pain or discomfort we're going through, either personally, culturally, societally, whatever it might be, that pain can be very real, you know? Yeah. And it can be a very real thing. And it's not to be insensitive to the fact that that is occurring. Yes. And you, you know, you reminded me of that. And I think that's an important thing because that can be a blind spot where you can be like, well, I'm fine. I don't really care. But, you know, if you think about it, right, like what would make you care? You know, and and then you can start to kind of have a sensitivity to what other people are going through and what's going on. Yeah, um, yeah no, there's real there is real tragedy that yeah. is going on in people's lives right now. And and this conversation is not meant in any way to uh, to minimize that, you know, um, and in, in many ways that disruption, that's like of the disruption of tragedy is, is a, is a huge one. And it's, it's, that's like on that deeply personal side of it, you know, it brings these things out and, and as painful as that can be, it still is not without things to teach us, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, grieving is full of lessons, you know, it has a lot to teach us about loving people and living fully in the world, you mm-hmm. know, or amongst many other things. I can even cover the, the breadth of, of 
things that grieving and tragedy have to teach us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I want to make sure everyone's clear on this. This is not us just being like, hey, you know, like it's, <laughs> you know, like, look, just look at the gifts. It's like, no, it's like if we need to, to look at all sides of it. Yeah. You know, it's like, yes, there are gifts. There is, in, in order for us to actually, I think, actually really receive the gifts of disruption, we need to also fully um, feel all of the the shit that comes with it too, which includes the tragedy and the sorrow and the confusion mm-hmm. and the fear. Yeah. You know, we need to, that needs to all be looked at Yes, as well. And it's only until we actually feel that, look at it, that we can begin to find the, the gold that's, that lays hidden underneath it. Yeah. It's, it's a big thing, you know, disruptions comes with many big things and sometimes disruption comes gently and sometimes it comes with a bang, you know, and sometimes it comes really hard at you. Um, and you know, like sometimes it can be the tragedy, you know, you lose somebody in your life can change your entire perception. I mean, you know, I've shared this many times on the podcast, but like one of my closest friends, you know, when I was 21, got hit by a car and it was just like, he's there. And then all of a sudden he wasn't, you know, and, uh, um, and the, the change for me when he passed was like, it really disrupted my life, like in a big way, because I was kind of moving along and I was kind of doing my life and I had a certain plan. And then, all of a sudden he died and I'm like, man, like if I don't live my life up, like I could die, like my whole life could, like I might never do this thing. And, and you know, some people might respond to that and go, well, some people die and that happens and that's part of life and I'm just going to carry on the way I'm going and, you know, and yeah. be more careful. For me, I was like, fuck this, we're putting everything to the wall. Like I'm going for mm-hmm. everything, I'm, I'm doing it. And... I'm not saying that that was the best way to do my life. I mean, there were certain things where it was very irresponsible, maybe you might say. Like, I definitely was not playing it safe or being conservative. But one thing that made that worthwhile for me is I'll never look back at certain things in my life with any form of regret. Because mm-hmm. there was no part of me that's, that held back. Like, I gave it everything I had. And, you know, and you, know, you can always say, well, you could have given it more. But it's like... I don't know, man. I mean, I, I really, like, I really went out and I, I tried to mm-hmm. do some things. And what I learned through that, though, was that when you fully go for something, and maybe this is a side note, but when you fully go for something, you never have to worry about what might go wrong anymore. Because you'll know, you'll never doubt. There is no room for doubt anymore. When you know you've given it all you've got, when you know you've put it on the line and you've tried, then you're never going to wonder and go, maybe if I gave it that little extra. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes disruption can bring out beautiful things in you as a person. Like I think it, it, it took me from being the super shy kid who could barely even talk to people who was bullied in high school and like rather meek to being somebody who was like, confident. I mean, hell, I'm speaking on a podcast right now to like, you know, thousands of people. Like, like I went out and made things. I took all my money and put it into something. I, you know, um, and, and not whatever, like I dated people who I didn't even think would look twice at me. Like, here's an example. I remember being in high school. I'm hanging out with a bunch of guys and girls and the girls give all the other guys a hug. And I remember, I remember they didn't give me a hug and I, I, and I, I was like, I asked, I'm like, can I have a hug? And she kind of reluctantly gave me a hug. And I remember thinking, man, like, I just feel like such a reject. I have to ask for a hug. Yeah. To being, to being the guy that, you know, like, not just the women, but all the men and everybody was kind of like surrounding and everybody wanted to be around and everybody wanted to be at your party and be at your thing to go from being the guy that had to ask for a hug to be the guy that was the party that everybody wanted to be at. Like that's a human transition, but that came from disruption. It came from the fact that I, I basically got to the point and I said, if I'm going to run my life being meek and small and doing it this way, 
I could die this way and that's not okay with me. And so I decided that I would go for it. And I, I, and you know what? People were attracted to that and it created a new world for me and opened Mm -hmm. up doors that were not open before. So what I'm saying is that sometimes a horrible event in your life can make the best part of you come to light because you can just get fed up with it, you know? And I don't know, like I, I look at something like this and I go, you know, this is horrible, but somebody's going to get fed up and something incredible is going to come out of them. And, you know, and I always try to put my mind on what is the possibility because I think you have two choices at all times. You can focus on what's wrong or you can focus on what's possible. And I think it just serves us better as human beings to focus on what's possible, Yeah. but not to be insensitive at the same time to not just be like, I'm an optimist, positive person. Like that's bullshit. Yeah. You know, you like, being being optimistic and possibility driven with the sensitivity of what's really going on that's that's the that's the balance that's the line yeah 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 and sometimes it means you have to sometimes it means you have to look for the beauty which is i mean what more does an artist really do yes you know you try and find where there's beauty in something and i mean already in in our current uh world situation like there, there's incredible moments, uh, like stories that are being told of, of people doing incredible things to to help each other out, you know, um, of tremendous care workers. You know, in Italy, there's like these like balcony concerts that are just erupting. I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's just it's it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary to me. It's like it's just a it's a testament of to the human spirit, you know, to something within all of us that transcends all of this, mm-hmm. that transcends all of, all of the, <laughs> that the fear and, the, um, yeah. I don't know, but just, it just transcends all of it. It just, in the face of all of it continues to, to create something wonderful and beautiful and reaches out and connects to people and, and, declares something that is is so far beyond and and just touches us in in a profound way Mm -hmm. more so than what this crisis can Mm -hmm. sometimes a crisis can help you see how much others care too like you don't Mm -hmm. you know i mean i think i talked about this in our last podcast i think but i talked about how we're in a time of leisure and how when you're in a time of leisure if you don't connect to purpose and you don't connect to like your joy of expression the alternative is usually depression Mm -hmm. and it makes sense why we've gone through an epidemic in society of depression you know and and what's occurring because when you have free time and when you have leisure um, even if you're working you know, a a job and you still have like leisure, like there's still this leisure, right? There's still this possibility for leisure. And what happens is when we live in a time of leisure and like, for example, you're not like stopping something bad happening or you're not like the good guys and the bad guys. And there's nothing really to necessarily fight for. You're in a time of peace, right? Which we actually are, but you know, the news might tell you different, but we actually are. And what ends up happening is people start to feel depression because there is nothing to distract themselves to fight against. And Mm -hmm. so what ends up happening is they end up fighting themselves to create an internal war, depression, right? Um, When you are connected to purpose, you're actually connected to other people. I mean, all purpose comes from your connection to other people. Mm -hmm. It's not a solo game. There's no purpose that is, and and as much as people might try to, to deny that, all purpose comes down to is really, it's about other people. There's, yeah. there's really nothing. There's a part of it that's for you, but that's short-sighted. You know, that's the the bigger vision is ultimately like you're gonna end up if you if you go down the road long enough of purpose, you'll begin to see that it's maybe maybe it's just to help your children. Maybe it's not like, maybe it's just to help one other person in the world, but it's just not about you. And, mm-hmm. and, and what ends up happening, I think sometimes when we start to see collectively that we work together, that like the government is putting aside 
money so that people can't pay rent, that stuff's covered. Like when things start to happen like this, you start to realize, wow, there's so much more going on to take care of me than what the conspiracy theories and the, and the, and the people and the media will say about like, oh, it's Armageddon. You know, it's like, it's actually, if Armageddon were to happen, you might see how much people actually come together. Yeah. But you know, the media wants to show the people smashing the windows and stealing the TVs and doing stuff like that. Right? Yeah. They want to show they want to show that because that's the chaos. That's what we'll watch. Yeah. Because we don't necessarily want to watch a bunch of people like helping each other. That's well, not what we're interested well, I mean, in. <laughs> it's like if you look at the um, what's interesting, like if you look at like the etymology, you know, like the origins of the word apocalypse, it means like unveiling or revealing. <laughs> like, which is a fascinating thing to consider right. in all of that, which is just like, no, it's just, it's just a revealing. It's, it's, it's like we're, what we're talking about. It's like great disruption. Mm-hmm. It just reveals things. The apocalypse is a great disruption. That's what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <It's> a, <laughs> just wonderful. so you know. Wonderful. Basically, that's what it's alluding to. It's a great <laughs> disruption um, to what we think we know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. That's uh, funny, man. Let's take a quick second here. I think so. And let's talk about this uh, this beverage that we're drinking here. Well, you chose it, so tell us. What are we drinking? We are drinking the... Uh, it's part of their, their flagship. And this is from Driftwood Brewery on Vancouver Island. And this is their White Bark Vitbia. Oh, yeah. They've had this one for a long time. It's got a cool it's, can. Yeah, they've they've got really cool art. I like a lot of their their stuff. I appreciate that. I like yeah. I like grabbing a can of beer and having it like be decorated with all this cool cool imagery. Yeah. It's yeah, no, nice. it's it's beautiful. It's kind of got like a I don't know, like a what is this woman <laughs> on here? She's like is she like a farmer or is she like a sailor? Sailor uh <laughs> I don't know she's kind of wearing like a bandana and she's in the water, but there's like a orange <laughs> and there's wheat. She's, you know, she's harvesting, I guess. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So, Who knows? but it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> I like this one. I, I, I forget about this one cause I've had this one before. I've never, I don't think I've ever bought it though, mm. but I've, I've, uh, I've had it before. I like a, I like a wheat beer every now and then. You know, uh, they're, they're, I find, um, like, they're tasty. I also find they're kind of like a drier kind of beer, right? Like, it's like a, like, a, like it has a, I don't know, like, what, what's the way to put it? But I don't know. I always, I actually always find that they're very juicy, you know? They're juicy, but I find that they're somewhat, like, thicker, drier, like, I don't know. Yeah, they do have a thickness, you know, like the, the. Because it's a wheat beer, it's yeah. kind of got like that almost that juicy fruit type of like <laughs> flavor to it. Yeah, and but like herb and stuff like that. I don't know they're good. Well, and this is a good one. We're I, drinking. I'm it. enjoying it. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's let's talk more about this disruption thing. Um, well, how does this how does this relate to somebody who is on their way? You know, on their way as an artist, as a creative, or somebody who. You know, somebody who's kind of tapping into maybe their own voice, their own creative path, and now they have these world events going on, and you know, and they're they're trying to consider how do I respond to this? How do I make my path through a world that's kind of saying, well, you know, you don't leave your house, you can't travel, and you can't <laughs> do this stuff, and you're like, well, I had these plans. This was my calling was to go do this, and it's like, okay, well, this disrupted that, right? Like, how do how does the artist respond? I think that's maybe a good way for us to do yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, I think that immediately what comes into my head is that there, there's always an opportunity. And this might sound a little bit woo-woo, but like, you know, it's that whole uh, sort of piece of wisdom that like, you know, one door closes and, you know, another one opens. But sometimes it's like there's actually a lot more that open up. Sometimes it's like a disruption is is something that comes along and tells you it's like no you get you're getting too set in your ways you're getting too set in your perspective mm. and you're not open 
to possibility. Because sometimes we think that what we have in our heads is like, that's just the best. Mm. That's like the most extraordinary thing that could be or happen or direction. And we get so, we, we, we get so narrow-minded and we lose, we lose the potential, the po- like that sense of wonder and awe and possibility of our life going in a, in a completely different direction that is more wonderful than we can imagine. You know, and I think that sometimes disruption is, uh, you know, it's, it's this incredible thing that comes along that's, uh, that's because of how we see it, it's like it, we've clothed it in like, you know, the garments of death or something, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. a, and just fear. But it's actually, you know, it's, it's actually this incredible teacher. It's this incredible guide who's just like, no, 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 no. Like, not this, not this way, not this way, mm. this way, mm. go this way. It's like this teacher that's like just pointing you towards what it is that you really want more and more and more and more. Yeah. You know, like, and, and realizing that like, oh shit, I didn't actually know what I really wanted. Yeah. You know, I thought I wanted this, but it's actually not what I wanted. Right. You know, and so many people have shared stories about like, there was, um, you know, everyone, a lot of people forget that there was a, there was a drummer that the Beatles had before Ringo. <laughs> there was another guy <laughs> and he apparently like I, this baffles me, but he, he has no regrets. And he says, it's like, it's the best thing that could have ever happened to him because it sent him on a whole life and a path that, that he wouldn't want anything different. Mm. You know, but like you on the surface, you go, it's like, yeah, but you, you were the, the drummer of the Beatles. Yeah. Like right from the bef- observer, it's just like, well, that's just what you tell yourself. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, that's because we can't see what he can see. Yeah. You know, we, we're not experiencing what he's experienced, the yeah. things that have, have happened. Like it's, it's, or we are, but we're not able to see it the way he's able to yeah. see it. Like that's a. Yeah, he might have had exactly. a perceptual shift at some point that opened him up to be able to go, this was definitely, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, uh, completely. Because it's like there's, you learn something deeply internally. Again, like it's that thing of a disruption can shake you to your core. And that's a, an incredible thing because when you, like those glimpses at your core, like they, they can inform the rest of your life. You know, in the moments that we're otherwise normally just completely distracted or, you know, we're just thinking our way through everything, you know, and we miss out on, on the thing that's right there, the thing that we're actually really want, the thing that we actually really want to do. Yeah. Like, I think for myself, like when I was getting out of high school and I was like, I'm going into acting, you know, I had my agent and I'm like, I'm going to get out there and man, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be a, a movie star. Like that was the plan. That was the plan. And I'm sure that would have been wonderful and all those things, but needless to say, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't become a big movie star. But along the way, I learned so much about myself and about how I go about the world, where I have blind spots, where I was um, ignorant to my own feelings about things, where I was ignorant to how other people felt. And not only that, but it's like, you know, I I'm, I'm met my wife along the way too, in the pursuit, you know, in the pursuit of, of, of being able to act and to, and to perform and, and this sort of thing. And if things had gone according to how I planned it, it was like in a couple of years, I'm going to be in LA and <laughs> there it is. Right. Like yeah. I'm going to be, you know, bumping shoulders with like, with like Brad Pitt and <laughs> yeah, you know, whoever else I had in my mind, I don't even know who I had in my head at that point in time, who I'd be, you know, mingling around with. But anyhow, um, but I would have, I, I would have missed out on the love of my life mm-hmm. if that happened. Like that's uh, like, that's like, you, you can't even, I can't even comprehend 
that like how that whole thing has unfolded. Yeah. Right. And, and so for me, it's like, it's hard to say, oh yeah, if only things had gone that way. It's like, I can't even say that because I've, the disruptions and the changes to plan have worked out in such unpredictable, extraordinary ways that have taught me things that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. And I can't take any of it back Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't take any of it back. You don't know what's important always like in, in your journey, like you don't know what actually matters. You think you know what matters and then you're tested and then the world gives you different things than you planned on and disrupts you. And then you begin to realize what actually does matter. And sometimes you think, you know, and then you, you get disrupted and you realize you didn't know. And then you realize that the disruption helped you to see something. I mean, you know, I, I think about myself going down the road of, uh, you know, uh, relationship and friendship and I look back and I go, man, like if my life didn't get disrupted, like I would be around the wrong people and with the wrong person. Like mm-hmm. it's not, but I look back in my journey and I just look like I had deeply programmed ideas of who I was supposed to date and who I was supposed to be friends with and how my life was supposed to look. And they were deeply tied to this will make me lovable. This will make me matter. You know, mm-hmm. and I didn't necessarily know that, but like now I'm more aware. The thing is, is had I gotten what I wanted, it only would have uh, like solidified more the emptiness that I was actually feeling. Mm-hmm. And that emptiness was driving me towards fame and vanity and, and things like that. And then I went through my kind of almost quarter life crisis, like maybe a little late into the quarter life, but it's like the real thing, man. I went into this thing and going, holy shit. Like I thought I was supposed to do life this way. And I'm beginning to hear inside my own heart that this is not me. This isn't what I want. This is what I was told I should want. And that took, you know, and, and I talk a little bit about this. I reference it sometimes, but I went through a depression, but I went through a depression because I think that's a response to realizing that you're not living your life the like at your heart, right? And uh, I've been tapping more into as I as I kind of go through this transition, right? Of like finding a, a, almost what seems like a new way, which is that it's like yeah, like I was just taking on what society told me, what my what I was told from my parents, what I was told from my culture, like a lot of these things. And like, I can give you a more like solidified example. Like I said earlier on one of the podcasts, I had dated my dream girl. What, what is a dream girl? Like you think about Mm -hmm. that, like a dream girl is the girl or the guy that society has told you, if you're with this person, they're the person, like they're the person, right? Like whatever. And I dated that person. And the best thing about doing that was it demystified the whole thing for me because then I began to realize that this isn't what I actually want. Yeah. I thought I wanted this and I would have spent my entire life pursuing this thing, thinking this was the, this was it. This was the golden chalice. Like this was the the thing. (laughs) And then you get there and you realize this isn't the thing. And, and, and what I've come to realize is like, the things that I value in a partner are so much different than that initial perception, or I don't even want to call it the yeah. initial perception, but that perception, right? And I would like to say that sometimes disruption rattles the um, ideas that have been put into your head about who you are and what you're supposed to want and how your life's supposed to look. Yeah. Disruption can shake that up and make you actually hear yourself. And then you can actually realize that what you thought you wanted isn't what you wanted. And what you actually want is something else. And that could be scary at first. And I think sometimes you can go through a bit of a depression because you're like, I don't even know what I want because yeah. I've been doing what other people have told me to want my whole life. And I mean, the reason why I say it was so good, I went all out for what I wanted because it got me to date people like who were quote unquote, my dream girl. It got me to do things that were quote unquote, my dream, like go down to LA and live there and mm-hmm. bump shoulders with Chris Evans, for example, who's in my acting class and Rosario Dawson and stuff like that. Right. Um, I got to do that and I got to experience it and I know what it's like. And I can tell you that when that's not actually true for you, 
that doesn't actually feel fulfilling. But maybe it is true for you. Like maybe someone out there, that's actually what is in your heart and it's what you want to do and it looks something like that. For me, it wasn't. So that's why I can relate to the story about the Beatles because it's like I was pursuing being in like the Beatles and then I wasn't. And then I realized like, or I, I was, it was like I was there in, in, a, in, a, in, yeah. in my own personal version of it. And I realized, man, this is only what I've been told I want. Mm-hmm. And because now I'm here, now I can for sure say that this isn't actually it. Yeah. It's kind of like the disruption is painful, but also enlightening. You know, it's, as you're speaking about this, everything that you're saying, I'll try and tie this all together. You know, what's been, what it's kind of started spinning in my head here. Yeah, it seems like something landed with you. But it's, it's like, you know, it, it reminds me of Pinocchio. <laughs> okay. You know, which, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but, you know, the gist. I, I think I know the gist of Pinocchio, You're right? Be so a he's real a wooden, wooden puppet boy. <laughs> wants to and, be a real boy. And wants to be a real boy. But what does he go through? Yeah. He goes through all kinds of insanity. Yeah. You know, like people are turning into donkeys and, you know, like in this like weird, like it's weird, man, that's what a weird story that is. And he ends up, you know, in the belly of the whale with his father and he comes out as a real boy. Right. And it's like disruption has this because coming back to that thing of like, it is, Disruption leads us into kind of a close contact and confrontation with ourselves at times. And when we willingly engage with that, we become more fully human in the process. Disruption is actually a tool for being more of what we can be as human beings. I mean, it can definitely be something that we choose to make us less human. You know, it's, it's weird how oftentimes life is this way. It's like, it's like you have a choice. You can do this and you can become, you know, you can be more closed off. You can be more cynical. You can be more spiteful towards others and to yourself and <laughs> to life. Or you can let this thing affect you and change you and shape you in a way that opens up your vulnerability, your compassion, your willingness to, you know, tell the people in your life that you love them, you know, like just bringing you to that place in yourself where you're suddenly now more fully and completely human Hmm. than you were before. I mean, that's an extraordinary thing. That's an extraordinary thing that disruption yeah. brings into the picture. Right. And which is why I guess really it is a necessary part of, of, of our lives. It's going to happen one way or the other, you know, things are going to get disrupted and it's, things are going to change and you can become somebody who just decides that like, okay, well, I'm going to expect And when it does, I will respond. Or you can be someone who says, no, 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 no change, no, nothing. I'm going to try and control this and make it the way I want. And then when it doesn't go your way, you can react to it and get upset and get angry and get fearful. But, you know, if you look at the latter option, it's like, that's not really going to do any good for you. It's not going to help you. It's not going to make anything better. And it's sure as hell not going to help you control it. Maybe temporarily, but you're going to lose control because there's certain things that you just do not control. Yeah. And... Part of like happiness and joy in life is recognizing what you do control and what you don't and realizing that you have influence over a lot of things, but most you don't control. Yeah. Um, very, li- very little do you control yeah. in comparison to everything, right? But, um, you know, disruption can sometimes give you the ability to let go and like ride the wave a little bit, like, like but ride it your way because mm-hmm. the wave's happening, you know, like the, the thing is, is like when, when, especially when it's a cultural phenomenon, like what's going on right now, like when it's a massive thing like this, it's unavoidable. It's a, it's a tsunami. It's, it's coming in, you know, yeah. now you can get upset about it and you go, like, Oh, tsunamis are terrible, but you can, okay. Tsunamis have happened before. 
You know what I mean? Like these things have happened before. Viruses have happened before. How yeah. are we responding to it? And you know what I would say? We're responding quite well to something that in the past could have killed so many people. And yeah. so far, I mean, you know, there may be more people who will pass from something like this, but but our response to it is so far advanced compared to what we were capable as a human race of responding to this type yeah. of thing before. So, you know, we are improving, we're getting better, but like you 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 just simply have to respond. If you get reactive, then what happens is you're going to be actually more susceptible to the other virus, which always goes on with a biological virus, which is the mind virus, which is the virus of some blogger says something and you go, oh my God, I got to do this. I better stock up on this thing and do this thing. And like all of a sudden conspiracy and boom, you're down a rabbit hole that is not healthy for you and not healthy for anybody. Right. And, and it literally just can take you right out of the game. And that's kind of what a, what a bug like this does. It takes you out of the game. When you get sick, you're like out of the game of life. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you get a mind virus, it's the same way. It takes you out of the game because now you're all caught in conspiracy and you're caught in fear and you're out of the game. You're not in your art. You're not in your creativity. You're not in your passion building purpose anymore. Now you're in fear, fear, lockdown. And this is this what I'm what I what I'd like to say is that this is going on beyond the thing that is currently occurring. Mm -hmm. And this is a moment, I think, for people to have an experience of themselves, to get really honest and say, like, how I am responding to this right now is how I probably respond to everything. How you show up in one way in your life is how you show up in every other. Mm -hmm. So take this moment to, like, really, like, go, okay, now, is this how, this is how I'm being, right? Now, pair that with everything. Pair that with your dream. Pair that with everything outside of this. And what happens is you can get scared right out of your dream. If you can get scared scared from here, you can get scared from there. So start to see the parallels, start to see how you respond, and then go, do I like that about myself? Remember my story. Do I want to be the meek guy that has to ask for a hug, that, that can't speak up for himself? Like, like that was a big day for me to ask for a hug, because most days I wouldn't. Yeah. But I just, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the wallflower. I don't want to be the guy that's like, wondering and, and hoping and wishing. I want to be the guy that's doing it and living it and trying it out. And so I think every person can, can have an honest talk with yourself and say like, do I want to be the person I'm being? And if I die today being this person, is that, am I okay with that? And if you're not, it's time to step out, ask that person out, you know, go out and talk to that person. If they reject you, go and find another person that you're interested in and talk to them because life is like this. If you play small and you play safe, you die in that small little ditch and like go out gloriously, go out with like a blaze of fire, like, like, like try. And you know what's going to happen is you're going to find out you can actually have a lot more of the shit that you thought you couldn't have. And that's, that's kind of my call to action. And disruption, sometimes what it does, it, what it did for me is it made me say like, this could be it, man. So fucking do it now. Do it now. And like, I can look back on my life and I don't have to like wonder anymore. Mm -hmm. And I wish that for everybody because like, I would hate to get to my deathbed and go like, if only I wish, you know, I remember my dad saying to me, we're driving in a car. He said, I could have been a musician. I could have been an actor. And I think about that sometimes and I go, you could have, but also you couldn't have because you weren't willing to dare. Mm -hmm. So you can talk all day about how you could have and you would have, but you didn't. And the thing is, is he and I have had a lot of conflict, but I did. And I'm never going to be driving in the car with my son or my daughter saying I could have. It's going to be, tell me about the days when you acted, daddy. And I will, because I did. And I tried it. Mm -hmm. And I went out there. And so I wish that for everybody. Don't be, don't be that parent. Don't be that person in a car where a kid's looking at you going, if only I tried. Go do it. That's what people want of you. That's what we want of you. That's what I got. That's what I think disruption gives you. I think it's a gift. I think it sucks and it's painful, but it's also a gift. And, you know, you can sit and be meek or you can get up and you can see how powerful you actually are as a human being. I got nothing to follow that with, man. <laughs> sure I you do. Come on. Sarah Feast. Well, I mean, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I've... This has been an interesting conversation and has, has revealed some stuff for me. And, and, and I think I'll just reiterate what I, I was saying a little while ago. Like, to me, it's like, yeah, no, disruption is, is, is like the spirit and catalyst of, of change and of becoming more fully human. I think that that's like, and in that context for myself personally, I'm thinking that's just, it, I'm like, that's an opportunity not to squander. And it demands, all it demands is really our attention. It's listening to what that disruption is doing to us and taking an interest in it. Like, what is that fear? What's that all about? Yeah, I like that, a close encounter with yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah, like a close encounter with yourself, like into, into the things that really, the things that really matter, or <laughs> the things that really count, as we talked about the yeah. last time, and and listen to that, listen to that thing, pay very close attention. I mean, especially if you're in lockdown, <laughs> you got time, man. <laughs> Turn off the TV and like maybe just be with yourself in silence. Yeah, for like a take in how extraordinary this all is you know, this whole situation is, you know, like, believe me, like you are, you're taking this in at some level, you know, no one's, no one's immune to that side of this thing either. You know, like it's, it's, this is a profound thing that is, that is occurring and, you know, and we need to respect it and we need to learn from it and we can grow from it. And in the levels that we can, we can welcome it as, as a thing that, that brings us into, into our fullest humanity. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.